We all live in the fun house. And the fun house is the world, and the world is set up to trap us, to attract us, and to attack us. It is set up to defeat us and discourage us. But even as you see, greater is he that's me than he that's in the world. We have won the fight. There's no question about it. And so, hey, listen, one of the things that we need to do in this series and others is use social media. So, man, as God's moving, tweet it, blog it, Facebook it, Instagram it, whatever you do with it. Let's take what the devil has meant for evil, which is technology, and choose it to get the word out that God is moving in his house. Amen. So let's do it. Now, let me ask you a question. If you're ready, say, I'm ready. Have you ever seen an article or a book, anything that that, that, the title's like this, dressed for success? Have you ever seen it? Sure, that means you're going to wear a dark blue or a gray or black suit. It means you're going to have a power tie. It's going to be, you know, it's going to, it's going to have a certain range of colors. And we're to dress for success, which means that we are going to win in the fun house. Now, the problem with that is that winning in the fun house is not what we're, not what we're apt to do. Is the people of God, we're to win the spiritual war. So long before we ever had a dress for success, God began the dress for success. In the garden, remember, they were naked, and it was cool. And then they sinned, and they wore clothes. And so since then, there's been a battle between dressing in the natural and dressing in the spiritual. And so God gave us over and over in his, in his word how we are to dress for success or how to, we're to win the war that we're engaged in. Our thesis for this series is 1 John five nineteen, And we know that we are of God. Are we of God? And we also know that the whole world, the cosmos, dwells in the power of the evil one. We know that we live in a world that, that the power of the evil one is, is what we're engaged with, is what we fight every single day. The scripture is saturated with how to get dressed. It's, it's saturated with things that we take off and things that we put on. You go to the book of Colossians, it has a long list. Take all these off and put all these on. You go to Revelation 19, get dressed in the righteous acts of the saints. Over and over, we're given a litany of things that we're to take off because when we're born the first time, we're born in the fun house. And, and as we're, we're born, we, we get dressed the world's way. Then we're born again and we're saved. And we begin to take the values of the fun house off. And we begin to put values of God's house on. Now, most of us, let's be real. Let me ask you a question. Would you agree that most of us don't get up in the morning and think about getting dressed for spiritual warfare? Is that a fair statement? Of course. The reason is because we don't think of the world as a war zone. We don't think of the world as the fun house. So we get up, man, we get dressed, and we head out to our job or school or whatever we're going to do. But God has, has prepared us, if we'll know the word, to be dressed for real success. The best fashion show in all of the Bible is Ephesians chapter 6, the Father's fashion show. Now, I want to tell you something. I want to tell you how important this is because I really wanted to try to engage with you this weekend. What I'm about to give you will save you from potential death, from divorce, from defeat, discouragement, destruction, because as we walk through this war zone behind enemy lines called the funhouse, we need to be dressed for success. The letter of Ephesians is written by the Apostle Paul to the church at Ephesus. He has written about their wealth and their walk. He's given a litany of, of how to walk, and then Paul concludes the letter with a powerful paragraph on spiritual warfare. Now, as we walk through these 10 verses together, so if you've got your Bible, turn to Ephesians 6, and and 
And what we're going to do is because he concludes this series, again, with how to get dressed. And what I want you to notice, and in my Bible, I've circled all the action verbs because he gives us a plethora of action verbs that we are to do, what we are to take off or what we are to put on, which is the whole armor of God. Verse 10, finally, he said all these things. Now, let me wrap this up for you, church. This will be the last time that I'll speak to you or write to you. So let me, Paul says, so let me, let me wrap this up. Finally, be strong in the Lord and in the strength of his might. We have learned how to be strong in the world's way, but the world's way is opposite to God's way because the world's way is climbing, clawing your way up the corporate ladder. God's way is surrender to him and his will and his word. And so they're so diametrically opposed and because we are educated and socialized in the, into, into our society and in the fun house, many times we miss it. So be strong in the Lord and in the strength of his might, not our might, but his might. Not by might, not by power, but by my spirit, thus says the Lord of hosts. And so weird, if we're gonna win, we have to learn to be strong in God. Does that make sense? And it's opposite to the world. So finally, hey guys, be strong in the Lord and in the strength of his might. Be strong, action verb. Verse 11, put on the full armor of God or get dressed in the armor of God. Don't leave part of it off, but put it all on. Would you ever go to work naked? Okay, I hope not. If you would, we have counseling for you. Now, before you leave, don't you typically check and make sure your socks match and you're fully clothed and see, but but what we do is we get up every day and we head out to the fun house and we we don't get clothed. So we leave ourselves open to the enemy because we have not clothed ourselves in what God has given us. Put on the full armor of God, why? So that you will be able to stand firm against the schemes of the devil. We know that we're gonna face it, and so we get dressed, why? So that we'll be able to stand firm. When the hurricane from hell blows against us, we will have been dressed and ready and standing firm in with the armor of God against the schemes of the devil, because is the devil not always attacking? The world is set up for that. And then verse 12, he goes on, for our struggle is not against flesh and blood. The Greek word struggle literally is to wrestle. And, and the, the imagery in this is to wrestle a foe to the ground until you hold them down by the neck. That's what the devil wants to do. He wants to hold you down by the scruff of the neck. But I want you to see something in this. He said, our battle, our fight, our struggle, our wrestling is not against flesh and blood. What he's saying, because so many of us miss it here, he's saying, your enemy is not people. Your enemy's not people. Now, I know that some of you believe that your boss was birthed in the cavernous pits of hell and is there for only one reason to make your life miserable. Come on, don't you? I mean, you pray, just, you know, God, get him, do something, get him, her. And some of you believe that you're ex. Oh, did you hear that? (laughs) Did you hear that? I mean, you believe your ex was spawned by Satan to ruin you, to ruin your money, to ruin your kids, that they wake up every day thinking nothing but how can I get him? How can I get her? Don't we? But this is what we do because we miss the target and the target is not people. Our battle, our struggle in this fun house is not against people. And if you make people your target, you'll miss the schemes of the devil. Are you with me? You say, but Chris, you don't understand what they did to me. Listen, man, I've had people screw me over for 32 years in the ministry. 
I've had people walk up and shake my hand or just like Judas kiss my cheek while they're putting a knife right in my back. Are you with me? I've had people rip me off. Now, it's only dirty green paper. Money, when they rip me off for money. But, but, and so you know what I do when people rip me off? I say, God, they, they ripped me off for 25000 Would you give me 25000 back? What most Christians do is they rip us off financially, and then we get angry, and we get mad at them, and so then they rob our joy. Is that stupid? As a stick. See, when you've got your finger, your target, your aim, your focus is on people that you think you're, that are your enemy, first you've already lost the battle. And then you're going to lose all your joy and victory, all your peace and all the power of the presence of God because you've got your focus on somebody else's. It makes sense. And so what do we do? We, we get dressed. We put on the whole armor of God so we can stand against the scheme of the devil. For uh, We don't fight against people, but against rulers and powers, against the cosmos, the funhouse forces of this darkness, against spiritual forces of wickedness in heavenly places. We fight against the world system and the devil who energizes the world system. When we are born again and we have spiritual eyes, we begin to see the world for what it really is, and we understand that this world is not our home. We're just passing through, and it's not about this world. It's about the next world. It's about heaven. It's, not about, it's, it's about God's house. So verse 13, therefore, having said all this, understanding that we're, we're living in a war zone, therefore, take up, an in action verb, take up the full armor of God, not part of it, but all of it. Why? So that you'll be able to resist in the evil day. Do we live in an evil day? So you'll be able to resist in the evil day, having done some things to stand firm. Is that what the passage says? Having done what? Let me ask you a question. Look up here. Come on. Me and you. Have you done everything to stand firm? Excuse me. That's hard for me to interpret grunts. No. But listen, when you haven't, if you're married, you put your marriage at risk. If you're a business person, you put your business at risk. If you have kids, you put your kids at risk. You put your life at risk. You put your joy at risk because you've not done everything to stand firm against the evil day. And we're living in the evil day. And, and so the word of God warns us over and over and over. So, so, he, so he starts in verse 14. And he gives us seven articles of clothing, seven things that we are to wear. He says, at the end of 13, stand firm. The beginning of 14, stand firm. Do you think God wants us to stand firm? Over and over and over in this paragraph, stand firm, therefore, having girded your loins with truth. Now, in this day and time, men wore dresses. It's hard to look tough in a dress. Would you guys agree with that? So the togas, the robes. But if you were going to wrestle, if you were going to run a race, if you were going to fight, uh, the first thing that the soldier did was he put on the belt of truth and put it up here between his legs and wrap it around and put it under and wrap it. That's why it said, gird up your what? Your loins, gird up your loins. Come on, gird it up, baby. Just get, man, gird them up. Or you're not going to be able to fight or you're not going to be able to run. Now, some of you will never get that picture out of your head, and I'm so sorry <laughs> for that. I had a lady tell me last service, I'll never be able to dress the armor of God after what you did. It's horrible. You, I want to claw my eyes out. And so, and, and she's, you know, she's probably not going to heaven. And so, the, and, and so, <laughs> so this is the deal. See, we put on, the first thing we put on is a belt of truth. Because let me tell you something, a lie never loosed anyone. Jesus, get this, listen, Jesus said, you shall know the truth and the truth shall set you. So you've got to gird yourself up. You've got to gird your loins. You've got to put on the belt of truth. Because let me tell you, church, there are thousands of people this weekend that believe lies. You will never win. You'll never achieve if you believe a lie. Does that make sense? 
And so many of you believe you can never lead, you can never serve, you can never do anything great for God, you can never start a business, you can never be a small group uh, leader, you can never do anything great for God, and you have believed the lie of Lucifer, and you will not be set free, and you will not win until you gird yourself with truth. And so listen, man, when I gird myself, listen, I preach to me. You ever preach to you? I preach to me. Man, we're facing a mountain of faith promise or, or individually or in our family. Man, I just, I, just start, I just start preaching. Hey, man, your God is able, Chris. Your God can start. Man, your God can bring fire from heaven. Your God spoke the words, the world into existence. Your God threw the stars up there. God, you can. You can save and you can heal and you can provide and you can move. And God, I believe you're going to do it. And so what I'm doing every day is I'm speaking truth into me because the devil has got a world funhouse full of lies, doesn't he? And so, listen, some of our self-talk is horrible. I'm, God can never, I couldn't, I shouldn't, I'm stupid, I'm fat, I'm ugly, I'll never get married, I'll never succeed, I'll never get a promotion, I'll never. And every day you confess a lie to yourself. Does this make sense? You're confessing that lie, you're reinforcing that lie. You're not girding yourself up with truth, you're girding yourself up with the lies of Lucifer. Does this make sense? And so, no, and so no wonder so many of us go out there every day and get our butts kicked by the devil because we haven't put on the very first piece of clothing from God. Are you okay? I love you, man. Number two, put on the breastplate of righteousness. Now, breastplate, you, you've seen, you know, uh, you know soldiers and, and you've got to put it on and it's ties in the back and it covers all the vitals, your lungs and your heart and your liver and, and all that kind of stuff so that a direct shot to the vitals won't kill you. And what we do every day is we put on the breastplate of righteousness. What is that? That is Jesus' completed work for us on the cross. That every day when we get up, that we walk in grace and full, fullness. Listen, you, if you're born again, you are fully and freely forgiven. You are fully and freely adopted and you are irreversibly saved. Are you with me? Every day. And so we wake up at the fun house and Satan is slinging shame at us. He's just grabbing buckets of our past and chunking it on us. He's grabbing guilt and he's slinging it at us. He's got everybody reminding us of what we used to do, how we used to talk, what we used to be like. Man, he's reminding us of our past and said, you'll never, you can't, you'll never make it, you'll never succeed, you might as well lay down, you might as well kill yourself. I mean, you know, he just slings it on us. And so if we don't have the breastplate of righteousness, having understood that, man, I am fully and freely forgiven. I was a drug dealer, a drug dealer, a back alley dope addict. I did everything you could do wrong. And I am fully and freely forgiven today. And when the devil tries to remind me of what a scumbag I was, I just remind him, you're going to burn in hell forever, chump. Get out of my face. Are you with me? Come on, church. When you're born again, you get the breastplate. Jesus bought it. His blood covers us. Number three, I love this one. Put on the boots or shod your feet with the preparation of the gospel. So every day when you get up, man, you're putting the gospel on. This is what I love about it. I love, it, I love that the illustration is that the gospel is, are your boots. Because you know what? Every day, everywhere you walk, you're carrying Jesus with you. Every day you're an ambassador. Every day you're taking the gospel. Every day you're just moving. You're, you're, so you never know when God's going to bring somebody in your life, when God's going to let your path cross somebody else's path, and you're supposed to be there to share Jesus with them. Now, some of us this weekend, if God opened the door for you tomorrow to lead somebody to Jesus, you don't know how. Now, come on. Is that, is that a fair statement? 
learn how. When I first got saved, I couldn't rub two Bible verses together. And, I, and usually I carried my Bible with me, which was my sword, but I couldn't everywhere. So I had a sword, which is a whole Bible, and a, and a New Testament, which was my pocket knife. And because I didn't know how to go from one book of the Bible to the other, I got somebody to sit down and show me the Romans road. And so I went to Romans 320. I found that for me. And I, I dog-eared the page and I circled the verse. And right beside the verse, I wrote the page of the next verse. I didn't write the, I didn't write the next scripture because I couldn't find it. I just wrote the verse. Turn to page number 40. Turn to page number this. Turn to page number that. And I was leading my friends to Jesus with a marked pocket knife. Now, I didn't know much, but I knew this. Jesus saved me, and I loved it, and I loved him. And if he saved me, he could save them. See, see, sharing your faith is just one beggar telling another beggar where you found bread. And so, man, every day when you get up, put on the, put on the boots of, man, put on the boots of the preparation of the gospel. The Bible says, always be ready to give an account of anyone that asks you of the joy that lies within you, but do it with gentleness and respect. Number four, are you ready? So I'm ready. ready. Number four, shield of faith. I love this one. Man, every piece is important, shield of faith. See, it says in, in 1 John that your faith overcomes the fun house. Now, would we all agree that Lucifer has launched fiery arrows at all of us? And what it says is when you pick up your shield of faith, that the shield of faith extinguishes the flaming arrows of the evil one. And so it, it, it extinguishes the arrows and you begin to recognize, I saw that fire arrow that God just put out. I'm in war. Pick your shield up. Pick your shield of faith up. Pick your shield up. Come on, pick it up. And so we walk around with our shield of faith because our faith overcomes the world. Amen. Are you with me? And when somebody tells you you can't, you don't believe that. You say, my God, I can do all things through God who strengthens me. I mean, my God supply all my needs according to his riches and glory. I'm the head and not the tail. I'm going to win. I'm an overcomer. I'm a child of God. God, listen, I get up every day. So, okay, day to day. You know what today, God, I'm your favorite. I know the Bible says you don't have one, but I am. And I believe every day that the Trinity meets, hey, how are we going to bless Chris today? And the Holy Spirit says, let's do this. And the Son says, let's do that. And the Father says, let's do this. And I say, just do it all. And so I'm just waiting every day. Why? By faith for God to move. By faith for God to do great things. By faith for God to just show up. And when things don't work out, I know there's an enemy and I know that, that I'm in a battle zone and the battle doesn't always work out like we think, but I'm gonna, I'm gonna walk with my shield of faith, amen? And so we gotta carry it. Number five is the helmet of salvation. Oh my mercy, this is huge. This is huge, you gotta get this. Wake up. Wake up, listen, the helmet of salvation. Why is it so important, Chris? Because the battlefield in the fun house happens in your mind. It happens. You think about sinning before you sin, don't you? Nobody wakes up and says, my, have this hooker get in my bed. <laughs> Dear God, who brought her or him? No, you saw, you wanted, you targeted, you traveled, you got it and you did it. Nobody says, whoa, where'd this crack pipe come from? How did I get this ball of JD in my hand? No, no. You saw it and you wanted it and you did it. See, the battle is up here. That's why Jesus said, guys, if you looked at a woman of lust, you've already committed adultery. And so what do we do? Guys, when you see a good-looking woman, just say, hey, great, great job on her, God, man. You was really good. <laughs> I mean, obviously, you spent some extra time in that. Don't say, well, let me see what you did exactly with, whoa. Now we've sinned, right? 
You haven't even, listen, you haven't even spoken to her. The battle's right in here. It's right in here. I'm telling you what I do. Man, I'm, if I'm driving and walking, I see a good looking lady, I just say, turn your eyes upon Jesus. Look full in his glory and grace. Hey, why would I want to check out baloney when I got prime rib at the house? Come on, guys. Man. I'm loving it. The helmet of salvation, put it on. See, we're, Jesus was crucified on the place of the skull. We need to be crucified right here, Galatians 2.20, for I am crucified with Christ. What do we crucify? Our thought life. The Bible says take every thought captive. And when you're tempted, take it captive. And when a lustful thought comes, take it captive. And when you think about cheating on your taxes, take it captive. And when you want to get angry and lash out, take it captive. That's how we win the war. We put on the helmet of salvation. We crucify our thoughts and we take them captive. Amen? What most of us do is let our thoughts go wherever they want to go. That's the old nature. That's the fun house. Number six, the sword of the Spirit, which is the Word of God. Man, this is, I love this. I love the Bible. I love, listen, I've been reading this Bible for 32 years, and I love it more today than I've ever loved it. I get more out of reading the Scriptures today than I ever have gotten. There's so much. And so, this is our offensive weapon. And listen, if you don't know the Word of God, then you can't swing the sword of God. You need to be a ninja warrior for Jesus. Are you with me? You need to be swinging the sword of the Lord. And when the devil comes after your marriage, men, you pick up the sword and you cut his head off in Jesus' name. When they come after your kids or your grandkids, you cut the head off the dragon. When he comes after your business or your ministry or your small group, you take the sword of the Lord and you cut the head of Lucifer off. Because greater is he that's in me than he that is in the world. When the devil attacked Jesus after 40 days of fasting and prayer, Jesus wielded the word and cut him loose. Out of my face. Are you with me? But if you don't know it, you can't use it. Because you got to put it in so that it'll come out. Got to put it in so it'll come out. Got to put it in so that when you're squeezed, the word of God comes out, not other things. Because some of us are squeezed. That's not the Holy Spirit that comes out, right? It's other things. If you don't agree with that, ask your children. What comes out of dad when he's squeezed? We can't use those words, dad. And so, the still, number seven. Oh, we could do a whole series on this right here, couldn't we? We do seven weeks on this, on this paragraph of Scripture. Praying in the Holy Spirit. So it says, the, the, it's the last one. And, and now, let me tell you, what some people believe is praying in the Spirit means praying in a prayer language. If you have a prayer language, cut her loose. Use it, man. Listen, get in your prayer closet and go to town. Nothing, absolutely, man. I affirm that. Get after it. But listen, praying in the Spirit doesn't necessarily mean you're praying in your prayer language. Praying in the Spirit means you're praying under control of the Holy Spirit. And so you need to be in control so you'll know how to pray. So that you'll understand the Spirit of God gives us groanings too deep for words in Romans. And, and we've, got to, we've, got to, we've got to know how to pray. Now, this is the deal. Let's be real. This is, God, God gave us, that is, the the, the, that is the getting dressed for success. Is that what we do when we get up in the mornings? No, because we don't see the fun house as a war zone. And we just run on out, naked in the Spirit. And Lucifer just kicks our butts up around our necks. And we say, God, how come you let the devil get me? And it's because you went out undressed. 
I told you to get dressed. Is this, is this fair? Does this make sense? So let me give you some practical steps. I'm going to roll through these quick. These are things I do every day. This, just, this message is just right out of my heart and quiet time. And number one, start your day his way with the word and prayer. Number two, surrender to the Holy Spirit, his control, his influence, his power, his, his, his role in your heart. Number three, get dressed, put on the armor of God, put on the belt of truth, put on the breastplate, put on the helmet of salvation, put on the, the boots of the peace, uh, the gospel, pick up the sword, of the, the, the shield, the sword, and then praying in the spirit. Number four is Hebrews 12, fixing our eyes on Jesus, laying aside everything that so easily entangles us and run this race set before us with endurance. Number five, remind yourself every day before you leave the house that you're in a war zone. Now, let me ask you a question. Look up here. This, I hate. I hate this. Many of you live in a house that's not a sanctuary of peace. I'm so sorry. And, and I, I pray for you every day that the shalom, the peace of God, but some of you, your marriage is in trouble. You got a kid that's just gone haywire. And your home is not a place of peace. I'm so sorry. See, you live in a war zone, and then you, go, you leave the war zone for another war zone. I'm so sorry. But if you will let God loose in your house, he'll make your house a place of peace. See, I hate to leave the house because I love the house. They come, Michelle calls me, you know, people because she's a party animal. She always wants to go. Come on, let's go. Well, why? We're here. We've got to drive there. Let's stay here. Chris, you don't want to do anything. No, I like it right here. I'm good. I'm good. And if it'd be quiet for just a minute, I'm going to go to sleep right here. <laughs> Number, <laughs> help me, Jesus. I feel so sorry for y'all. I'll just have a horrible pastor. Number six is remember how to relate, that you're an ambassador, you're a soldier, you're a missionary, and you're the salt and the light. And what I do, one more thing, I pray Psalms 51:12. Lord, make me want to. It said, Lord, sustain me with a willing spirit. David knew there were times in his life he wouldn't want to make me want to. And some of you need to pray that prayer because you're stuck between two worlds. You, you're, you're, the fun house has got you and you love God and you want to serve God. And these two worlds are, these two worlds are opposition to each other and you're trying to figure out how to do this. And, and so it's a difficult deal. I pray every day, God, make me want to. Make me want to. Make me want to because we all do what we want to, don't we? So God, change my wanter. Make me want to. So now let me add to all this begins with a relationship with Jesus. And if you've never been born again, you can't do anything I'm talked about because when you're saved, Jesus breaks the chain of your sin. He breaks all of your shame, all of your guilt. He covers you over. You are fully and freely forgiven. You are adopted into the family of God and he has given you a brand new start. That's what happens when you're saved. And this deal, I mean, we're talking about a thousand people in this room, 5,000 campus wide this weekend. There's some people that you know right now that you've not been You've never been saved. You just don't know if you've got a relationship. Let me tell you, by faith, let me pick up my, my, my sword of faith by faith. Some people are about to be saved right now. Amen. I saw them last service and the service before and the service before. So this deal, if you say, Chris, man, I'm not sure, but I really want to know that I'm saved. And I want Jesus in my heart. Just lift up your hand. I'm not going to just lift it up. Come on, right here, right here. Come on. Where, over here, over here. Come on, where else? Hold it up. Hold it up. Right here, right here. Back here. Come on, anybody else? Come on. Hallelujah. We're about to win. We're about to win. Woo! I love to win. All right, this is the deal. Come on, church. Let's pray with those people to raise their hand. Let's pray this, this prayer out loud. Come on, I know you're, most of you are saved, but let's pray it with them. Say, dear Jesus, forgive me of my sins. Come into my heart. 
I confess you as my Lord. You died for me, rose from the grave, and now I want to live for you. Show me how to walk by faith. In Jesus' name. And all God's people said, come on, they're partying in heaven. Woo, man. This is church. This is church up in the house right here. Come on. The devil just lost and God just won. And Jesus is writing people's names in the Lamb's book of life. I love it, man. My goodness. Side number two. There are some people, and I'm way over, so, but there are some people, you say, you know, Chris, man, I, I want to get dressed every day, and God has spoken to me in this series, and man, I, I, I so want to do it. I want to win. I want to walk by faith and win. I want to get dressed. I want to I do what we've talked about. Slip up your hand. Just slip it up. Come on. Slip it up high. Hold it up. Hold it up. Holy God, we raise our hands in confession that we can't, but you can. And through our God, we shall do valiantly. And God, you are, I pray that you would fill every one of us with the Holy Spirit, that you would give us a Psalms 51, 12, a Holy Ghost, heaven sent desire that we will defeat the, the enemy, that we will defeat the fun house. I pray that people's homes will be sanctuaries of shalom, of peace, and the Holy Spirit, and that the neighbors will see the difference. I pray that people will see your victory and your peace in our lives, and I pray that they come to know you, God, send revival. In Jesus' name we pray, and all God's people said... Come on, give him praise in the house. So, campus pastors, if you guys would just come forward, we're going to be dismissed in one minute, and there are going to be guys and gals that are up here if you want to pray somebody before you leave. Or if you, but if you prayed with me and gave your heart to Jesus, take your communication card right in front of you, fill it out. If you need to be baptized, we've... Four weeks in a row, every service at Pellissippi, every service at Funhouse, we baptize people. If that's you or you want to sign up for Next Steps or group or whatever, fill the communication card, put in the offering. If you want to go that thing or your kids this Wednesday, your students, you can do that online. And so we're going to be dismissed. There's one more thing. There's a card sticking in your seat in front of you if you'll pull that card out because we need some more missionaries. We're always going to be sending people from Africa to across the street. My family will commit to attend one of the following campuses beginning September the 8th, either Anderson County, it is in Mariner's Point, right inside the Campbell, I mean the Clinton city limits on between Oak Ridge and Clinton. If that's closer to you, you'll go over there, you'll help us get that, get those up and running because both those need to be at two services. If you'll put your name or your email, how many kids you have so that we can be ready for the increase, children, how many students you have. And then on the back, hey, on the back, hey, on the back, Check where you're going to serve. We don't need butts. We need people to serve. Amen? Jesus is not looking for another butt to warm a pew. He's looking for another saint to pick up the towel and wash feet. Are you with me? Let's be Jesus followers. So fill this out. Drop them out. We, need, we probably need, I don't know how many we need, but we, we need 50 to 75 this weekend that'll that are gonna help us get, those campuses are rolling, but we need to in, inject some, some Faith Promise DNA, so we need some people to go to those. If you're closer, if you'll do that, again, it's like every other campus, live worship, uh, whoever does the weekend message, it'll be there on the screen, and so, has it been good to be in the house of God? We love you, be black, be blessed, see you next weekend, bring somebody with you. <laughs>